It's HBR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest episode of Off the Road as we celebrate the second anniversary of our interview series. Found online at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, it's a guest making his third appearance on Off the Road, regarded as among the most talented guitarists of all time, John McLaughlin, back with the Montreux Years, a compilation from his many performances at the legendary Swiss Festival. We're hearing the 1978 recording of Friendship included on the release right now. It's the return of John McLaughlin on HBR's Off the Road. Dave, hello, aloha. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother, good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> Let's surf. Exciting time for you, the Montreux years, which uh, you actually curated and compiled uh, yourself. So before we get into the record, you still joining us from Monaco, your beautiful house there. Have you traveled yes. at all since the pandemic? Well, since early 2020, all the tours disappeared, and then all the tours disappeared in 21. We ended 22 with uh, hopes that a tour of Germany would happen. But I just heard that it's been postponed, but until October wow. 2023, in about 20 months from now. October 2023. No, but everything's weird. Things get shunted around and postponed and put here, put there, but then they get canceled again. So it's it's all messy. Other than that time on your bike when you got in trouble when you went into France by accident, have you left Monaco? <laughs> yeah, not too far. We took a holiday, my wife and I, about a month ago to Tenerife. Yeah, yeah. It's a Spanish island. Right. And then last week, our son, who works in London, he had a few days off. So we went to a place called Lenzerheide in Switzerland, ah. where there was really deep snow, really beautiful. So those are the two major trips that you've done, uh, except for that bike trip <laughs> when you got the ticket that time. I got busted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and to add insult to injury, both two young cops in the car pulled me over. And one of them said, well, maybe I should think, you know, you're as old as my grandfather. You know, maybe I should, you know, but hey, the law is the law. <laughs> <laughs> so 135 euros was that 150 bucks almost yeah it was just a money making machine it made a lot of money on on that <laughs> how long has it been now that you've lived there uh, this will be my 40th year i moved here in 82 and here i am and i'm still 49 yes you and are and you look great brother you for look... the 45th time <laughs> <laughs> anyway so this new montreux years compilation so tasty I'm very happy about this recording, the kind of musical and historical part of it. Mm. Well, the record speaks for itself because it gives an indication, not the complete picture, but it gives a pretty good indication of the different genres that I am so fascinated by. And of course, the outstanding musicians with who I've been playing. Have you ever been to Montreux? No. It's, you would like it. It's on Lake Geneva. With the mountains. It's got a Mediterranean microclimate there. Wow. It's beautiful. And the founder, Claude Nobs, we go back to 1971, the first time I played there. That's a long time ago. That's that's over 50 years now, Dave. Yeah. And that was for the first Mahavishnu, but they didn't record that. Now they, they record everything. 
I mean, they've got thousands of hours in their vaults, body waters, you know, unheard performances. That's basically what we've got on the Montour album. Claude, he had this passion, and this passion ended up affecting the economic situation of Switzerland. Can you imagine that? Montreux became gigantic. Anyway, the thing about Montreux is it's part of my life, uh, Dave, this association I had with Claude. I mean, when we lost him, I was really, I was devastated. Of course, there are so many concerts. I meet so many friends there, and we're kind of VIPs, so we can see any show we want. There's so much going on there. The thing is, it's been down since COVID. I should have played in 20 cancelled 21 cancelled and maybe maybe i might play in july when you mentioned seeing all the other bands and stuff 1974 was an interesting year when you played there you know who else was on that same bill that year buddy guy junior wells muddy water sonny rollins milton nascimento they all played that year in 74 yeah (laughs) you're right you're right to see Muddy Waters, who Muddy Waters is very, very important, significant in the sense that I started piano at eight. I actually started violin with my mother, who was an amateur violinist. I think you know that. Mm -hmm. And she tried to teach me violin. And I I just got the most awful sound. (laughs) I I said, you know, I'm really, I'm dying. (laughs) Can you let me start on the piano so she did so i started piano. i did four years of piano before the guitar came when i was about 11 because of elder brothers you know the blues boom hit the uk around 1952 i had two brothers at university and they came home with these blues albums and the first one was muddy waters and so i'm growing up my mother was classical violin i'm only hearing classical music my whole life i'm playing mozart and i'm playing beethoven and all of a sudden i fall in love with the guitar next thing i hear is muddy waters playing this acoustic slide 1953 recording a long time ago yeah he's already singing the great hits hoochie coochie man you know and i'm thinking what is he doing what is this music muddy will always occupy various because he really opened that door and let me in to that marvelous world of the Mississippi blues. And in fact, when I heard Jimmy for the first time, Hendrix, mm. I realized how big an effect Marty had had on, on Jimmy. Did you get a chance to ever both meet him or to tell him about sort of the impact he had on your entire direction of your life? Uh, no, we met a couple of times. Oh, you once didn't meet. Okay. In, in the studio, in the Electric Ladyland studio. You're talking about Electric, Jimmy or Muddy? Uh, Jimmy Hendrix. Muddy Waters, no, I never met him. Okay. No. Basically, we'd be in the, in the big hall. Yes, you could go backstage. But lots of people there. I get it. So, you know, I don't want to bug anybody. I never got to meet him personally. But back to Jimmy. Well, in the early 60s, I was playing with a band called Georgie Fame of the Blue Flames. And I left that band to play with Graham Bond, was with Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce. Eric Clapton's legendary partners in Cream. And then Mitch Mitchell came in and was playing drums with Georgie Fame. So we would run into each other. And when I started to play with Tony, Mitch was the biggest fan of Tony. <laughs> He's talking about Tony Williams, by the way. That's who he's referring yeah, to. Yeah, Tony Williams. Yes, the great, great drummer. And every time we were playing and Mitch was in town with Jimmy, he'd be in the audience. Wow. You know. And one night, it was at the Vanguard. After the show, he said, you know, Jimmy's in the studio. with Buddy Miles. 
and said, why don't you come by? So I went by with Dave Holland and Larry Young just to hang out with Mitch in the studio. And I actually took a guitar and tried to jam in there. There must have been five guitar players, <laughs> keyboard players. Who else was uh, on guitar? Oh, people that are unknown. I okay. didn't know any of them. I get it. But I had this big Gibson Hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a round hole. It's like a country western guitar. Yeah. In the studio with Jimmy and the drums and the basses and the keyboards, it was like 90 dB. You know? <laughs> and I tried to play, it was just impossible. But I got to meet Buddy, and Buddy and I became really tight. So we started to hang out, and then one day he called me, he said, listen, we're at the garden tonight, Madison Square Garden. Yep. And so I went out, and I got to meet Jimmy again. Was he a fan of yours? Did he mention? No. We were sharing the same manager, a oh. guy called Alan Douglas. Famous dude. Yes, yeah, but... In a bad uh, way, too. <laughs> yes, more, more, more like infamous. Yeah, he Jimmy. was known for taking Jimmy's stuff and re-recording it with people afterwards and releasing and, and it. And yeah, he did the same with me. But I remember there was a big... One of the anniversaries of Jimmy's passing, I think, and we went up to Seattle. It was a big show up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Mitch was there, a bunch of other people. We were all just hanging out and playing. There was some guy, some Seattle band. I don't know what it was, but he went on the microphone. There's a lot of people. And he went to the microphone and just said, F*** Alan Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quoting. Uh, that's not me. But, but uh, I thought it was appropriate <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's guitar legend John McLaughlin sharing classic stories and music from his new compilation, The Montreux Years. Tomorrow we'll conclude with John offering personal experiences with music heavyweights like Led Zeppelin and Santana. Find today's segment and the complete series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road and where you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lawrence.